Let's make the case for why the Texas A&M Aggies will beat the Alabama Crimson Tide on Saturday. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in to Locked on Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked on Aggies your first listen every single day. Today, we are going to make the case for why I think the Aggies are going to beat Alabama on Saturday. Now, let's preface all this. Genuinely, I I think Texas A&M is going to win this football game on Saturday. I've seen a lot of Texas A&M fans, and hey, if this is you, I get it. I get like this too when we get closer to game time, but you know, I know people get like people. Sometimes people people want to be the underdogs. Texas A and M still the underdog. I'm predicting an upset. And to be honest with you, when I was kind of making my argument, I didn't want people to be like, "Oh, well, here's a super homer take." So Bama fans listening, I had a Bama fan comment on yesterday's show. A nice guy. So I appreciate all y'all tuning in. I'm just making my case for why I think the Aggies are gonna win this football game. So you're Bama fans that are here, give me your opinion on on the flip side. Why you think I'm wrong? I'm curious to hear everybody's opinion, but. I just, you know, so to me, I didn't want this to come off as a homer take. So I, I really, I, I did some, some more digging and, and looked into more numbers and just kind of made my argument. And I, the reason that I like the Aggies in this football game is I think strengths versus weaknesses really benefits the Aggies in this game. So let's talk about it. And then vice versa, I th- weaknesses, uh, there's some strengths versus weaknesses and the weaknesses versus weaknesses, which kind of helps. So, Strengths versus weaknesses. We talked about yesterday. I'll read these numbers once again. I mean, I read these numbers yesterday, but Texas A&M um, is third nationally in sacks, second nationally in tackles for loss. Bama is 127th nationally in sacks allowed, 122nd nationally in tackles for loss allowed. So you look at that, I think the Aggies are going to get pressure. We've talked a little bit about how the, the, I think that's going to cause some bad decisions from Jalen Milrow. Um. And so that's kind of the strength on weakness. That right there to me, you know, you have to – There's when, you, when you're breaking down a matchup, this is the way I do it. I kind of look at matchup. I'll do like running game versus um, rushing defense, uh, passing game versus passing defense for both teams, and flip it and kind of give check marks and just give my opinion to where I think each team has the advantages. We know that these teams talent-wise are just are pretty similar – Coaching, you got the best college football coach of all time, and Nick Saban on the other side. Um, so you know, there's a check mark on their side. But I think that right there, I don't. That's why I, I don't think yes. Uh, when, when we talked about this, when we talked about the strength that comes with that of 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 the defensive line of Texas A&M and the front seven, everybody's be pressuring. I think I, I don't think I prefaced fully like. I really think they could truly dominate. I think that you could see another game. And it's funny because I think we all do this as a college football community. When Alabama's coming to town, you're like, oh, wow, it's Alabama. And it's still Alabama. That's one thing I've seen people. This is still a top 15, top 10 college football team right now. I think that one thing we've noticed is, is as a whole, I just think college football's down this year. And I don't have a reason why. For You know, it's just like, I think Georgia's not as good as they have been. I think that, um, you know, but then there's teams like Michigan looks fine. These teams all look fine, but it's like 
I haven't seen that one performance yet that just like, wow. wow. You know, you could argue maybe it was Florida State against LSU, but that it just I think college football as a whole is down this year. And that benefits kind of the teams that you got your top tier teams. Everybody would say Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Michigan, you know, the, and then you got your second tier teams. And I think you, you could throw Texas A&M as, as a second tier team to some of the powerhouses at this current st- moment. And I think that that landscape of college football being down as a whole benefits the Aggies. So the other reason I have, and, and the, well, the other thing too, like I said, I, I, weakness on weakness. I think you could argue, which I find this so funny, so funny. Everybody that listens to the show every day, all you everydayers of here at Locked on Aggies know that after that Miami game, we were concerned about the pass rush and the secondary. I mean, we were like, oh, goodness, like when we play good offenses, we're going to have to score 70 points to win games. And that concern has somewhat died down thanks to all the pressure the defensive line's getting. So, you know, I'd, I would still argue that the second that the secondary is one of the weaknesses of this team. Like, we feel pretty good about wide receivers. We feel pretty good about our running back room. We feel pretty good about our quarterback. I feel great about the linebackers. I feel good about the pass rush. So you could argue, but the reason I say it's funny is because if you look at stats, Texas A&M statistically has been pretty good against the pass. So what I'm saying is I think one game has us a little bit shell-shocked. Like, oh, you know, we're, we're concerned. And I understand that because we all watch that game. I get where the concern comes from. But the point is, the point I'm trying to make is this. Um, I, I don't feel confident in Jalen Milrow in that Alabama passing attack. I think that they run the football well, but the Aggies stopped the run well. Statistically, the Aggies have been good stopping the pass and the run this year. They really have the defense, aside from that Miami game, has been dominant. So you need to see that continue. But you look at this, and if Jalen Milrow ha- has, a, has a, a great game, has his kind of welcome to, welcome to Alabama, welcome to the SEC game, where he comes out and throws, you know, throws for 280, three touchdowns, and runs for a buck 25 and another touchdown. Okay. Then we have a different conversation. But I think that from what I saw last week against KJ Jefferson, now Coach Fisher prefaced this. I'm actually getting ready to get to talk to Coach Fisher on the SEC teleconference. And I'm going to ask Coach David some questions too, kind of uh, about this matchup and get some fun stuff for tomorrow's show. But, you know, I heard Coach Fisher talking about this matchup and he was talking about just how much of an athletic freak Jalen Milrow is. Milrow is a crazy good athlete. That touchdown run he had against Mississippi State was a really impressive play. He's a great, he's a good player. He's got to figure things out in the passing game, but he can move the football on the ground, and you have to make sure that you have him bottled up. If you don't have him bottled up and he gets away from you, so like I, I talked about this a little bit yesterday, it's a different type of speed than KJ Jefferson. It's a different, it's a different, um, animal than what KJ Jefferson is. KJ Jefferson is a bruiser. He's a quarterback who can run up. He's fast, but he's a big son of a gun. He can run through your face. Jalen Milrow is quicker. He's a faster guy. You know, he's a faster guy. So he, he, he's going to, he's not going to break away from you. Uh, KJ Jefferson's type of guy that's going to just run through your face. So that's the difference there. And frankly, to be honest with you, my bigger concern would be the guy that can run away from you. So you have to have contain 
That was one of our biggest matchups. We're going to talk about keys to victory. That's going to be mixed. Uh, we're going to talk about keys to victory tomorrow. That'll be mixed in there for sure. But containing him, having someone spying on him is going to be key. If he gets outside the pocket and runs around, then my my prediction for the Aggies to win this game kind of goes out the door. But so strengths on weaknesses, that is my that is kind of my my reason A as to why I think the Aggies win this game. I think that their strengths line up well with te- with the Alabama's weaknesses and our weaknesses line up well with their weaknesses. I have you know one more real reason why I think that they win this game and it's something that people don't talk en- enough about but it's just it's home field advantage. Playing a football game at home, it motivates these players. You know, I talk about games that I talk about the whole destiny thing a lot, um, and, and I, I was and it's a great example of that is that Tennessee game where Bama last year where Bama went to town to play Tennessee and, and Tennessee wins that game it was cool. I mean, I wish I was in Knoxville for that party. I mean, that was awesome. We're putting goalposts in the river. I mean, this is cool stuff. But this just feels like a game. You're coming off two really good football games. You're playing really solid football right now, and I think that the Aggies. I just think the the, the crowd's going to be energized. People are going to be excited. The team's going to come out of the tunnel just ready to go after, get after it, go play a good football. I just, it just you know, like I said, I ran numbers, and, and numbers back my opinion, but it's just kind of a gut feeling. I really do think the Aggies are going to win this football game. And I've seen a lot of people, I thought it would be more split down the middle. I've seen a few people predict Texas A&M to kind of pull off the upset in this game, but I've seen a lot of people high on Bama this week. So this is not – so what I'm saying is people that get concerned, oh, I don't want everybody picking Texas a to win this game. I've seen a lot more people predicting Alabama than people predicting Texas A&M, which they should be. You know, Alabama's supposed to win this game. Alabama probably should win this game. I just think that the Aggies match up well in this football game, and it's a home game. If this was a road game, this conversation would be a lot different. But it's a home game, and I just have a feeling. So those are my two reasons why I just I think the Aggies are going to win this football game. Um, and then I have a bold prediction. This is an interesting one. I have a bold prediction. I think the Aggies are going to run the football really well against Alabama, and I think it's going to set up some downfield opportunities. I, I, you know, I, I don't know how much of a concern the run, the, the rushing attack has, has been for all y'all everydayers. There's been times where I'm a little concerned about it. I think that a, a few garbage time runs have helped the Aggies in, in some ways, a couple of big runs from Mar Daniels and different things like that. I just have a feeling this rushing attack is going to kind of have a good have a good outing. Um, and against Alabama, I think a good outing is you know anywhere anywhere anything over a buck fifty. I take over a buck a buck fifty. You know, Le'Veon Moss have have a uh, hundred and Mar Daniels have seventy. Ruben, I want to throw another twenty five in there, something like that. Um, and that'll be another interesting thing. Will we see more Ruben Owens this week? I might have to. I might have to ask Coach Fisher about that. But that is kind of that's my bold prediction. I think they're going to run the football well, and it's going to set up downfield passing attempts. If you can run the football well, I think receivers are going to be able to get open against a really talented Alabama secondary. Kool Aid's a great player. They have a freshman safety that graded out really well last week. There's a lot of good players in that Alabama secondary. So I think you're going to have to run the ball. I think this week balance is going to be more important than every, than than any week so far because I think you, the run needs to set up the pass. So if the run sets up the pass, I think the Aggies will be able to move the football and score some points against this really solid Alabama defense. We're going to talk about something we haven't talked about 
in a while here on Locked on Aggies, but it, with it being the middle of the season, but there's been some big developments, and we need to run back through this 2024 Texas A&M recruiting class. We'll talk about that coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all parts you need at prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible bottoms only, exclusion supply, eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. We haven't been able to talk about recruiting a ton with all that's been going on through the season, but I thought this was a good opportunity to break down where this class is currently sitting at. The recent commit of corner, five-star corner, big-time player Terry Bussey really blew this class wide open as to how good this, it's gonna, this class is and how good it's going to be. I mean, these names I have written down here, what was so funny, I, I wrote down all the names. I guess, in essence, I could have just read it off my phone. That maybe would have been easier. But what's so funny about this to me is that it took me like three-fourths of the names to get to a player outside of the top 300. I was like, man, I've already written nine names, and we're still in the 130s. I mean, like, and that's a bit of exaggeration. But seriously, like, it just when you hear these numbers, it just shows you how talented this class is. So uh, Terry Bussey is the big is the big time commit. He's an athlete, can play anywhere on the field. Um, he can play offense, he can play defense. The Aggies want him to play corner. He's gonna come in and play, I I'd almost say immediately. Really good football player, huge gift for the Aggies. We talked about him. I thought we might see him commit around the pool party. And it was funny because the week before the pool party, he was like, yeah, you know, and he, he of course was in town and he was talking about, yeah, I have a feeling a, a commitment coming up soon for me. Um, yeah. So I, I think it could, it's, it's coming up soon. When he said that, I said, "Uh Oh, here we go. Is Terry going to commit this weekend? And uh, you know, we were, I know everybody was getting excited and then nothing. And then it's quiet and it's quiet and it's quiet. And then he says a commitment date, but it's you, you don't hear a lot. And he went on some visits. And for some reason, he felt like a lock for so long, but it just felt so prolonged that I just kind of got more and more and more concerned every week. And then he commits. He's a Texas A&M Aggie, and I, we can all rejoice. This is a big-time get. This is the NFL player. This guy's going to come in and play immediately. Great football player. I, I think there's a legit chance he starts for the Aggies next season. I think that's how good he is. So we'll see what he does. But I mean, just a great football player can do it all. I mean, he can he can be your he can do whatever you need him to do. If somebody gets hurt on offense, 
he can get out there and play football. I mean, that's how good this player is. He Terry Bussey is a great player, great young man. This is gonna be this is a big time get for the Aggies. So run through the rest of this class, where it's, it's currently sitting third overall in 24-7 sports. I always preface this when I talk about so some of you um, new listeners here at Locked on Aggies. I use 24-7 sports for my recruiting rankings. That's just they're my favorite site. So that's where I get my numbers from. Uh, Cam Coleman is a five-star receiver. He's second. He has been tearing up Alabama high school football, looking really good. He is going to be really scary in a Texas a uniform. I, I, I feel bad for opposing – corners and safeties at, at, in the SEC when he gets on campus. I mean, this kid's going to be an elite wide receiver for a long time. Another NFL player right there. Then you get Dominic McKinley, the defensive lineman, talented, talented, big football player, uh, six foot five and a half, 280 pounds. He's on the, he's a, he's a five-star. He's on the brink. Then you got Dalen Evans, another defensive lineman. He is barely, barely not a five-star. He's working his way up there, working his way. He's 41. If he he can, I think he, he's going to get there. I really do. That's kind of been the buzz. He's a really good football player, and the buzz has been he's going to kind of sneak in to that um, that five star ranking. We then look at Draylon Miller, the other big time wide receiver commit to go alongside Cam Coleman. And once again, I mean this guy really good player six foot 190 pounds 75th best player in the class he's going to be a stud i can't wait to see him get out there then you got the big tackle not really a big tackle but a good tackle a good sound offensive lineman in blake ivy six foot three and a half 280 pounds uh ranked 124th in the class the tape on him you, you hear the size and you go eh, six foot three and a half 280 pound tackle he's going to grow into that frame and be a really good offensive lineman the tape the tape the technique at all backs that statement up then you look at the safety jordan pride another guy that could be ranked higher than he is sitting at 125 in these rankings really good football player six foot one and a half a lot of and a halves for texas a&m's recruiting class you don't see that a ton um because it's like hey you know i always i'm technically six foot five and a half i just say six foot six i don't you know hey round up round up a little bit come on people jordan pride you're six foot two just own it but um, six foot one and a half. We'll, I'm kidding. We're, we're giving him a hard time. But really good safety um, is a player that is just going to come in and dominate. Then you got a Sindre Afua, the interior offensive lineman. His tape, wow. I mean, he he was one of those players that he was. He's always been a big guy, large human being. He and, and so he kind of he used to bulldoze players just when he was younger, and he kind of he's he's grown into his body and learning more. Uh, how to play the position, 6'4", 310-pound offensive lineman. He's going to be a player that comes in and plays early on in his career as well. I just That size, he, he's too big to not. Miles Davis, another safety that could come in and get some early playing time. Tape's good on him. I, I like him a lot. Weston Davis is – Weston Davis might be my favorite. Him and, and Ashton Funk, who's next. These two offensive offensive tackles are my might be my favorite offensive lineman in this class. I like Cohen Eccles, who's next too, but they're, they're just – these players, these offensive linemen, I played a lot of offensive line, not a lot. I, I played offensive line to, you know, to, I know the tape. I've seen the tape. I know what you're looking for. And these three guys, it just, the tape stands out. And I'm frankly really stoked to see what they can do when they get on campus. I think this is a class kind of like that 2022 class. I think you could see a lot of players in this class uh, play early in and into their career. 
Then you got your linebackers, Tristan Jernigan, who is um, a lot of players in 24-7 sports are three stars, but they're composite four stars, which will affect blue chip ratio when we get there. But Tristan Jernigan, Jordan Lockhart, and Ty Anthony Smith are the linebackers in this class. Some play, I mean, they're going to come in. The tape that stands out to me the most will probably have to be Jernigan. Um, and listen, Lockhart and Smith are both, I mean, football players that are going to come in and, and play at some point in their career. But if I had to pick one guy that I could that could kind of have a Torian a Torian York kind of uh, effect on this team, I would have to lean toward it being um, Jernigan, just based on the tape I've seen on him. Then you got the tight end Eric Carner, and you you have quarterbacks Anthony Maddox and Miles O'Neill. Miles O'Neill. So Carner's the tight end. I you know you got a lot of young tight ends. Jake's going to be around longer. Theo will be around longer. Donovan Green's going to be back healthy. So. I don't think you're going to see a ton of Carner next year, but he's a player that could develop into a solid tight end during his Texas A&M career. The quarterbacks, Maddox and O'Neal, both of them, you know, a little bit different style of play. Maddox, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd go out of the way to call him a dual threat. I think you could, you could make that argument. He's quick and he can run the ball, but he throws the ball. He throws the ball better than you would expect from a dual threat. You know, a lot of dual threats, especially in high school, just are fast and run around, and then they kind of figure out the passing as they go. You'll see the occasional one that can pass passes the ball fine in high school. But Maddox seems to to pass better than than your average guy who's listed as a dual threat, and he's really not listed as a dual threat. But that's just kind of my my thought there. Then you got Miles O'Neill, who is more of the pocket passer, six foot five, two hundred twenty, big quarterback on three. Who they're not my favorite, but. You know, you still got to respect what they do. They have O'Neill ranked high. I mean, like a top 10 quarterback in the class. So maybe they've seen something that some of these other recruiting rankings haven't seen. But O'Neill could come in and be a guy. He can he can throw the football with accuracy, throws the deep ball well. Um, I'm excited to see what he what he ends up doing. And then the speedster, Ernest Campbell, the small wide receiver, five foot eight, 150 pounds. But here's the deal: you don't we've we've players like um okay, I'm trying to how, how we're supposed to pronounce. Uh, a Chan Devon A Chain's name now. I, I, I was, it was funny listening to NFL Red Zone on Sunday, listening to them say it. It was like, what? But, um, the players like Devon, um, it, it you know, make you feel better about a guy like Ernest Campbell because the speed is there to where, I mean, this he could be a good football player, he can do some things for you, he can take in the rounds to the house. He can take screens to the house. He can be a gadget guy in this offense. And then Gabriel Relaford, the uh, defensive lineman, pass rusher, six foot two, two hundred fifty-five pounds. He's going to be a guy that you're going to see get pressure on quarterbacks in the SEC for a long time. I feel really good about this recruiting class. There's only a couple pieces I think we need to add, and we're going to talk about what we need, what needs to be added in this 2024 recruiting class. Coming up right here, unlocked on Aggies. So looking at what needs to be added, looking at the numbers for this team, you got two quarterbacks, no running backs, five wide receivers, one tight end, five offensive linemen, three defensive linemen, three linebackers, two safeties, one corner. The way I look at this, so going through some numbers, that's currently at where we sit right now, time of this recording, 2020, or sorry, 22 commits in the 2024 class, 22 guys committed. The 2023 class, the Aggies took 18. 2022, they took 30. 2021, they took 23. In 2020 class, they took 26. So you could add a couple more players. You could stay where you are. I, you need a running back. 
You need a running back. You all one thing I am very clear about is you always have to have at least one player in these classes. You have to have a running back. So, you know, they're looking at looking at the top 300, there's not a lot left, but you still have to have one. So you've got to go get a running back of some kind. Ruben Owens will be be around for a while. I mean, like you could argue, well, you could take yeah, Ruben Owens, he's gonna be here at least two more years. You could take this class off, but then it's like what if Ruben Owens goes down? You can't, you have to have running backs. You could maybe not take one and hit the portal. You could do something like that. But I'm still a believer in bring players into your farm system. Get yourself a running back. Then I bring in another corner. You got your number one target on the board in Terry Bussey. But I still, I would go get one more corner just because the same thing we talked about corners of position running back. Most plays, you're going to have one out there. Obviously, there's some plays that you might have two. But most plays, you, you only have one running back out there. Corners, you're going to have a whole bunch. You need a lot of corners. You need more than one coming in. Um, and maybe some of these safeties could kind of turn into, you know what I mean? That stuff happens. Some guys listed as DB and come into college and play different. But um, I, I think what these players are committed as and safeties and corners, um, I think that the coaching staff feels uh, – in Davis, Pride, and then Bussy, I think the coaching staff feels good about them where they're at position-wise. We'll have to see how that works out when they get on campus. But um, so, uh, frankly, you, I, I think you need a running back. I think you need a cornerback. And I wouldn't be upset about one more defensive lineman. If you did that, that would end this class at the 25th, 25th, I mean, 25 commits. And you probably have, I, I'd say that leave you around three. Maybe if you get a big time commit in one of those three commits. You jump a spot, but I think that three is going to be kind of where you sit. But we talked about it this summer. Texas A&M has a top five recruiting class once again. And oh, how sweet it is, the view from up here. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. It was fun to get to talk about recruiting. We haven't gotten to do it in a while, so it was fun to break that down. It's fun to talk about why I really think the Aggies could win this football game on Saturday. So a lot of fun. A lot of fun this week here on Locked on Aggies. Another fun episode tomorrow. And then, of course, we'll have the reaction show to whatever goes down on Saturday. Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Aggies every single day. I really appreciate it. Hitting the subscribe button on YouTube really helps the show out. If you could do that, it'd be greatly appreciated. Have a great rest of your day today, and we will see you tomorrow.